You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see all of you here today. And so for many of you, uh, I've not yet said Happy New Year. So Happy New Year to so many of you. My name is David. I'm one of the pastors here. And I don't make it down too often to this side. I'm usually up at our Pittsburgh Mills location. But it is my privilege today to be able to end this message series that we've been in, starting a brand new one next week. So what I want to do as we begin today is to try to help you understand where we've come from so that if you're newer, or perhaps this is your very first time, or you've been away for a couple weeks, you'll have a little bit of context uh, for where we have been in. This year, we have been in a, a theme of bold faith. And so since September, we've been taking different aspects of what it looks like to have bold faith. And this month, we've been sticking our neck out because we believe that bold faith prays gutsy prayers. And so we have been challenging ourselves to pray a series of what we would consider gutsy prayers. The first one we looked at the very first weekend of the new year was search me. And then in the second week, we asked God to sharpen me. The third week, we prayed, God, would you show me? And then last week, we prayed the fun prayer of, God, would you break me? And if you've missed those, I want to encourage you to go back and look at the podcast, listen to the podcast. You can go inside of our Riverside app and follow along or find them on our website. So I want to encourage you to do those things. Today, we're going to sit in this series, like I said, and we're going to be in the book of Psalms, Psalms 25. So if you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to turn there to Psalm 25. You can also follow along digitally in the notes that you'll have there in your Riverside app. And uh, there are some paper notes in your bulletins for those of you who like to write some things down there. And if you need a Bible, there should be some in the chairs below you down there. Always encourage you to bring your Bibles to study, whether that's a digital or a paper Bible. Encourage you to dig into God's Word. As we look at this last bold faith, gutsy prayer, show me. And that's where we're going to be this morning. Now, you have prayed various versions of this show me prayer before. I take you back to your sophomore year in high school, and you're sitting there in your math algebra class, and you have no idea what the answers are, but you're saying, God, let them leap off of the page and out of A, B, C, or D. Help me to just show me, God. I know I didn't study, but try not to take that into account. Please don't remember that. Instead, God, show me what the answers are. How many of you, be honest, you prayed that prayer somewhere along your high school career? I did nearly every test. So you've prayed that version of this prayer. You've also prayed, God, would you show me who to date? Or perhaps somewhere along the way, you say, God, would you show me who to marry? God, as I put myself out there on that website and there are just a whole bunch of people for me to choose from, just let her jump off of the screen and show me which one that I should marry. Let him jump off as we go to whatever event that I'm at. God, help me, show me. I imagine that every snap of the ball this year when Ben Roethlisberger was under center and he was getting ready to snap the ball, I imagine Le'Veon Bell standing behind him saying, God, show me where the hole is. And then if you ever felt like God's like, not until the last minute, bottom of the ninth, well, that's kind of what we saw Le'Veon do all year long. Run up, show me, show me. Oh, there it is, I'm going there. So you've prayed versions of this. And in fact, we did recently when we went to see my family, Amy's family actually, up in Wisconsin, 
during the break between Christmas and New Year's. We went up and visited there, and we go through Chicago. And as soon as I sense that we're getting, you know, you plug that in on your phone, and you're going with your GPS, and I'm on the way there, and I'm saying, God, as I get into Chicago, how many have ever driven through Chicago? Let me see your hands. It is quite the event in your life. It is not for the faint at heart to drive through there. There are potholes everywhere. There are so many lanes. There are constant tolls, and there are constant stresses and strains. Take this exit. No, now take this exit. Recalculating. Now let's go to this exit because the traffic patterns are constantly changing, and ultimately, we desperately needed to be shown. And our overarching thought today is so much more than just how to get to Wisconsin or just who to marry, and those are important things, no doubt, but I want to take you to a place that God has for us, what I believe as we look through this, that is so much deeper, so much richer, so much more intimate that God wants to show us some things, and that when we're hungry, when we're thirsty for it, that he longs to show us that. In fact, to tie all of this in today to the series that we've been in, at the top of your notes, and we'll put it up on the screen, I want you to see this thought. Those who are being searched, who are being sharpened, who are being sent and being broken will be shown. Now, the question is, as you pray of these prayers, and there's a progression to this, you've been broken. God is sending you out. You're being searched. You're being sharpened by others. He wants to show you some things. But the question is, is what will those who have experienced those things actually be shown? And we're going to look, as I said, at Psalm 25. And the cool thing about Psalm 25 is David spoke in Hebrew and he wrote in Hebrew. And the alphabet for Hebrew has, contains 22 letters. Ours has 26, in case you needed a little review in your English class. They have 22 at this time. And out of this, this is... Uh, David writes this with, a, with the idea that he's going to take each first letter of the alphabet, and he gets all but just one or two here as he walks through this. So it's a bit of an alphabet. He's, it's like he's saying, you know, here are the A to Zs of my life. Here are the A, B, Cs of my life, and I'm going to pray some ways that I want to ask God to show me some things. And so as we walk through this, I want to invite you to begin in verse four with me as we talk about this whole idea of God, would you show me? Here he starts off and he says in verse four, right out of the gate, here's our prayer. Show me, show me the right path, O Lord. Point out or, or show me again, point out the road for me to follow. What will we be shown when we've been searched, when we're being sharpened and being sent and being broken? First thing David prays for is, Lord, could you show me where to go? Those who trust in the Lord seek his guidance. They want to learn what pleases him and how his commands apply to their everyday lives. God's guidance, here's the thing, is almost always concerned with the character that he wants to produce in us and the character that he wants to nurture within us. Now, our tendency when we think about God showing us where to go is a location that we think, you know, God, I, I'm here. Would you show me where to go out there? And that happens sometimes. 19 years ago, God said, go to Pittsburgh. So we've been here. 
And so sometimes it shows, he does say where to go. Some of you have moved in. Some of you have been asking God, where should I go to find a place to be a family at a church? And we're glad that you're here and we hope that you'll continue. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, if you're exploring faith in Christ and you're saying, you know, I'm not really sure how all this works. Well, one of the benefits of praying the way that we're praying today is that God will show you where to go. And sometimes that's a place, but most often it's dealing with our character. It's here's where we are, but God wants to produce in us a deeper likeness to Christ. And most often he uses these moments of show us where to go in helping us to deal with the writers of scripture call the fruit of the spirit that we would grow. And the nine fruit of the Spirit are listed by one of Jesus' first followers, the Apostle Paul, in the New Testament. And he says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so when God says, I want you to go there, it's most often going to help us to grow in one of those areas. He wants us ultimately to reflect the nature of Christ, which is ultimately to love God really, really well with all of our heart, complete devotion, all in with God and to love others. That's what it all comes down to. You know, it must break the heart of God to see how divided his people are today in so many sectors, in so many ways, and even in our country right now, and the pain and the hurt and all the garbage that we see on television, all the garbage that we see on social media, but we've been called as followers of Jesus to love him and to love others. And that's exactly what God wants to do when he wants to show us where to go. He wants to create that sense within us that we're to love him and love others. Anything short of that, to be honest, is not the right path and it is not the road to follow. And Jesus is our model. For those of us who are Christians, Jesus is our model of how to follow the path because he did it perfectly. The only one to do it perfectly. But as we study his life and as we listen to his teachings and apply what he says, he will show us where we are to go. His spirit will point out the choices that most honor God. You see, when you're making a decision, And as Lori prayed earlier, and you're trying to decide, do I go left, do I go right? Which direction do I go? The one that most honors God is always the one that the Spirit will lead you to take. And he will grant you the desire to want to go that direction. And he'll give you the power by his Holy Spirit to follow through if you're submitted to him. But we must be open to a kind of instruction that leads to life. And to life now abundantly, but also life eternal. So I'm going to read just a few of the other prayers that the psalmists write, and I put them in your notes. If you've got the digital version, you can jot them down, I think, on the, on the paper notes if you'd like to do that. But here are some other prayers. We'll put them on the screen, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, you could begin to incorporate these into your everyday life as you learn to pray, God, would you show me? Listen to how some of the psalmists pray. Lead me in the right path, O Lord or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. How often do we pray for our way? But the psalmist says, no, I want your way. Make it plain. Make it blindingly clear. Show me, God, where you want me to go. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path. 
for my enemies are waiting for me. Notice how they're dependent upon God. There's a willingness here. There's a submission to what God wants. In Psalm 43, it says, send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. And in Psalm 73, you guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Perhaps as you begin to pray those kinds of prayers, you'll begin to see God lead you, guide you, point you in the right direction, show you where he wants you to go. So perhaps you could begin to apply this prayer by simply learning to pray, Lord, I'm, I'm submissive. Would you show me where to go? In fact, whether or not you are or not, could you just play along with me? Could you say, Lord, I'm submissive. Would you show me where to go? Could we say that together? Lord, I'm submissive. Would you show me where to go? See, that was not so bad. You can do this outside of this moment right here. And if you're not yet a follower, you can begin to talk to God like that about the direction. And he wants to show you as you put your trust and your faith in his son, Jesus We continue on. The next thing that David prays, he says, lead me by your truth and teach me for you are the God who saves me all day long. Notice this. I put my hope in you. I gaze at you, Lord. I put my trust in you. I put my refuge. You are my refuge. Oh God. It's like when that GPS says, stay in this lane, change lanes, take the exit. Oh, there's tolls ahead. Detour ahead. Oh, there's a faster route over there. Well, God wants to show us what to do. Not only does he show us where to go, but he wants to show us as we pray what to do. And we live in a culture. Notice that he says, lead me, Lord, lead me by your truth. We live in a culture that is thrilled and idolizes relative truth. But as followers of Jesus, we acknowledge that there is absolute truth. What God's truth is, is what goes. What he says goes. What he says about our human condition, our brokenness, our nature is fallen, about the nature of sin and our need for a redeemer, that's what goes. What he says about the value of life and relationships goes. What he says about caring for those who are overlooked and under-resourced, that goes. It matters to us as his followers. What he says about how we treat our bodies, how we handle our resources, and how we invest our time, there is absolute truth there, and God has spoken it in his word. And when Christ lives in us, we can see what he's up to, we can hear what he's saying, and we can do what he's doing as he shows us what to do. It's an internal work. We're not just talking about something that's just external. We're not talking about behavior modification here. We're talking about a deep transformative work that the Holy Spirit brings our way to help us to live in such a way that what we do is actually what Jesus would do in any given situation. Paul said it this way, this is the secret. Christ lives in you. And as we live in him and he in us, he fleshes this out in the everyday decisions and the choices that we make in this life. The truth is that our hearts will never be fully at peace. We will never be fully confident without also 
being fully submissive. We know this. Deep down inside is this fault. We know this, but the truth is, is that we tend to drift. And then adversity strikes. We have a difficult time. There's something that occurs that is completely out of our control. And we find ourselves realizing that it's time to start living the way that Jesus would want us to live and do what he would want us to do. And the good news is, for me and for you today, is that you can acknowledge that and he will come to the rescue. He will come and you can put your trust in him. That's exactly what David did. David desired to know the will of God. And perhaps some of you, you're here and today is your day. You've been asking God for weeks or months, maybe even years to show you something. And today is gonna be that breakthrough day because you're gonna come with the right heart. You're gonna come with the right posture. You're gonna come with an openness and a willingness to submit to his will for your life. That's exactly what David did in this situation. His hope was grounded in faith that God would show him. So many times I think I hear followers of Jesus say, or, or just people in general say, you know, I kind of ask God for his will, but I don't feel like he really wants me to know. I think he wants to just kind of dangle it out there in front of me and then move it over here and then move it over here. But God wants to show you what he wants you to do. God, as David waited upon God in faith, he waited not in anger, not in despair, but he waited with faith. And I want you to hear some of the other Psalms that invite God to instruct us, to show us what it is and how we wait with hope. And as I read these next few verses and pray them, almost kind of pray them over us, I want to invite you to think about where you're putting your hope today. What is your trust in? Who is your hope in? Because if it's in anything other than God, you will ultimately, eventually be disappointed. If it's in a bank account, you'll be disappointed. If it's in a job, if it's in a relationship, if all your hope is in your spouse or in your child or in your parents or in your church or anything other than God, you will find yourself ultimately wanting so where is your hope? And then even as we talked about, where, where is it today that you need to be rescued? David prayed earlier there, you are the God who saves me. So in what arena of your life do you need to experience that saving work of God in your heart? So listen to these verses as I read them. The psalmist continued praying, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. You say, okay, so I'm asking God to teach me, but how do I actually learn? Well, you have to crack open your Bible. You have to spend time every day, just a few minutes a day, asking God, opening up your Bible and asking God to show you, to teach you. But there's also some very intentional environments that we have here at Riverside to help you. You can't replace that one-on-one fellowship with God, but you can get in relationships with others. You can be in groups here, connect groups, contribute groups, where you can help to learn what to do and where to go. God will show you through interaction with other people. At the bottom of your digital notes, and it's every week, they're up here on either side of this platform and in the back, there are resources for you to pick up. We have something that we call learning to follow Jesus. It's a one-on-one, guys with guys, ladies with ladies, coaching environment where you can grow and learn in knowing where to go and what to do. 
And so if you have not yet experienced that and you want to, come see me afterwards or go grab one of these things. Go online. Let us know that you're interested and we will help pair you up with someone who can help teach you what it's like to follow Jesus. So the psalmist continues on and he talks about his hope in God. Look at this in Psalm 33. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Nothing else, just you. I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I'm counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. Where's your hope? Where have you placed your trust? If it's in anything other than God, may I plead with you to begin to shift that to the shoulders of your capable heavenly father. He longs desperately for you to lay all of those concerns, all of your cares upon him. And he will prove himself time and time and time again trustworthy. So could you pray this one with me? Lord, I'm teachable. Would you show me? Can we do that together? Lord, I'm teachable. Would you show me? I'm submissive. Would you show me where to go? Lord, I'm teachable. Would you show me what to do? Ready for number three? You're getting it either way, so come on. Here we go. He continues in verse six. For some of you, this is why you're here today. I love this interaction. It's so how we pray today in, in many ways. Lord, uh, remember, O oh Lord, your compassion and failing love, which you have shown from long ages past. If you're understanding of God is anything but that he is compassionate and that he has unfailing love toward you, my prayer is that you would begin to get a fresh perspective on who God is. Maybe you viewed him as that one who wants to catch you doing something wrong. Our heavenly father loves us. He's a good heavenly father and he is compassionate and he has unfailing love toward us. And David says, Lord, could you remember those things? And then he goes on and this is how we pray. Lord, could you not remember the rebellious sins of my root youth. So Lord, remember how your compassionate and unfailing love, God, that's awesome, but could you not remember the sins of my rebellious youth? Anybody ever wanna pray that way before? You probably have. We all have at some point. So God, remember that, but don't remember that, but then come back and remember this, Lord. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good, and does what is right, he shows, notice this, he shows the proper path to those who go astray, to those who are sinners, to those who miss the mark and lose their way. I love the fact that when we come to God, he shows us the way back. It's like when that GPS goes off, make the next possible U-turn. I know I missed it. I know I've gone astray. And I know it's so, it's so polite. It's, it doesn't yell at me. It doesn't cuss me out. It just says, make the next possible U-turn. God does that for us. As we are searched, as we are sharpened, as we are sent, as we are broken, we're gonna face, the truth is, we're gonna face momentary lapses in our wholehearted devotion. There may be hours, in fact, as you look back over the course of your life, there may be hours or days, or weeks, or months, or even years that you look back at the rebellious years, the time you've spent away from God, 
And the truth is, is that you're sitting there today, or maybe you're listening by podcast, and what you could tell us is how you've been educated by those rebellious years. But today, you can come to God, not in guilt, not in shame, not condemned. As a follower of Jesus, you can be thankful. You can't go back and undo the past, but today you can be thankful for his compassion, for his unfailing love, for his mercy, and for his grace. And that should put a smile on your face and bring joy to your heart that those rebellious years behind you are behind you. And if you find yourself today in a place where you know ultimately that you're not living in wholehearted devotion because Jesus actually doesn't invite us to partial devotion. It's either all in or you're not following. And so if you know deep down inside there's a little bit of angst because you know you're not living with the way and going in the places and the direction that your heavenly father would have for you, today is your day to embrace this way back that Jesus offers us. This way back that God makes clear to us that he wants us to experience firsthand for ourselves. And if you know that you're deliberately living apart from God, maybe you're in disobedience. Today you're hearing about this grace, you're hearing about this mercy and compassion. Something begins to well up within you and you want to experience firsthand forgiveness and restoration that comes because of the cross and because of the empty tomb, Jesus stands arms wide open to forgive you if you'll repent and exercise faith. So could you do that? Could you pray this prayer that's in your notes? Lord, I've been rebellious and gone astray. Would you show me the way back? And we're going to try this one. You might say, you know what? I'm really not feeling that right now. You have in the past and you may in the future. So let's just practice it together there in your notes. Lord, I've been rebellious and gone astray. Would you show me the way back? When you do that, when you place your trust in Jesus, when you invite him to lead you and to guide you into his will for your life, he will not beat you down. He will welcome you with open arms. David continues, wraps this psalm up, verses nine and 10, this portion of Psalm 25 with such beautiful language. I love this. He's invited God to show him where to go, what to do, the way back. Now he's gonna finally wrap it up here. And he says, he leads, God leads the humble. The antithesis of this is in the New Testament. says that God opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble. He says he leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. Here he shows us how to go. He shows us the proper posture when we come to God. What is the proper posture. What is your posture right now? As you come to God and you pray, show me, you've got to come. You've got to live in humility. You've got to live with full devotion. He says there that God will show and direct those who live according to his covenant. He's referring back to that Mosaic covenant that he made 
with Moses and the people of Israel, those 10 commandments, and not just the 10, but all of them that help us to know how we are to live and how we're to interact with our heavenly father. And David says, you're going to lead those whose posture is one of humility, one of commitment, and one of devotion. And if we approach God with a, you know, I can take care of some of these things, but you can have these things. God says, no, I want it all. And I won't tolerate anything less than it all. So bring it all because my shoulders are broader than yours. I'm stronger than you. I see further than you do. And I have your best interests in mind. I'm searching you. I'm sharpening you. I'm sending you. I'm breaking you. And now I'm going to show you. And I'm going to show you where to go. And that's going to lead you to the character and the nature that most reflects Christ in your life. My son will be living out his will inside of you. And I'll show you what to do. You'll have clarity in every situation that you are making a choice that will most honor God, even if it's not popular, even if it's difficult. We certainly have learned that following Jesus is not easy. And when we do stray, when we do take matters into our own hands, he desperately wants to show us the way back and remind us of the proper posture of how we go forward in humility. So as we wrap this up, I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back and while they're coming back, I want to invite you to pray this last prayer with me. This last prayer says, God, I'm humble. Would you show me? Would you show me how to go? So could we pray that one together? Lord, I'm humble. Would you show me how to go? You can incorporate these or various versions of these into your life every day. Here's what I'm not guaranteeing you. I'm not guaranteeing you, you sit down tomorrow morning with your cup of coffee and your Bible and you open it up and you say, God, Pastor David said that if I say these four things, it'll all be great and easy. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. <laughs> this will be a lifetime of learning, a lifetime of wrestling. But do not go into prayer thinking that your heavenly father dangles his will over here, he dangles it over here, and he keeps moving it around. It's not a moving target. He's made it clear in his word how he wants you to live, how he wants you to operate in this life. We're going to wrap this series up, this series where we've been praying, search me, sharpen me. Send me, break me, and show me in the exact place where we started. Where David writes in Psalm 139, these words, point out anything in me. He says, show me, Lord, point it out, anything that offends you, and lead me, or show me along the path of everlasting life. David learned the alphabet, if you will, of spiritual growth. As he writes in this Hebrew poem, he says, God, show me. Show me where to go. 
Show me what to do. Show me the way back when I wander. And definitely, God, show me how I'm to go about this life. And I want to conclude right there. And then we're going to stand and we're going to sing. We're going to worship and I'm going to invite you to come. Maybe you're going to kneel and pray right there where you're seated. Maybe you'll come and you'll find a place here. But perhaps for you today, God wants to show something to you that you've been seeking him on. For some of us, we need to add fasting to this element. We're going to pray and we're going to fast. We're going to really get serious about hearing the voice of God. Would you bow your hearts and let me pray for us and then we'll respond. Lord, we are incredibly grateful for your compassion, your mercy, your unfailing love, even though we don't deserve them. It's the nature of your character and we acknowledge our need for you and for your Holy Spirit. Lord, would you fill us with a bold faith to pray today's gutsy prayer. Show me. Lord, whether we find ourselves submissive or teachable, rebellious, wandering, humble, wherever we find ourselves on those spectrums, would you show us the right path and the road to follow? Would you teach us your truth? Because Lord, ultimately, our hope is in you. Thank you, Jesus, for paving the way to our pardon. Give us a heart of obedience Give us a heart of submission and total devotion. Open our eyes, Holy Spirit, so that when you show us the things that we've prayed for today and throughout this month, that we'll be able to clearly see them. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in us, through us, during this bold faith praying gutsy prayers series. We commit to continuing to stick our neck out and pray the kinds of prayers that require bold faith, the kind that are gutsy, and the kind that glorify you. And it's in the name of the gutsiest prayer that ever prayed, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www dot riversideconnect dot org